This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. The share it with a friend deal. Even if that friend is yourself. Your McDonald's, your rules. Live your best morning with BOGO breakfast sandwiches only on the McDonald's app. Now buy one bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddles or sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and get a second one free. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one per day. Excludes one, two, three dollar menu. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman, and joining me right now is Max Cohen and Giannis Janais. This is our post-match show of Fulham's 2-1 to loss to Liverpool. We're going to talk about everything to do with this match, and there are some controversial moments. So let's get started, and let's not waste any time. Mr. Cohen, I'm going to start with you. I've actually done two polls on this. I'm going to share the results of it. Did Liverpool deserve a penalty in this match? Yes, yes, I did. And, and okay. I hate to say it because I think two things can be true at once, which is Mane made an absolute meal of it, threw himself to the floor, and it looked like he's bending over backwards. I mean, it's almost like he got sniped. I really feared for his life after that happened. Very scary. <laughs> but, but Sergio Rico's an absolute clown. Giannis summed it up best uh, in, in our group chat, which I'm yes. going to, if that's okay. He said, Rico is uh, Buffon, one moment. And buffoon, the next. <laughs> He's right, <laughs> and, and, by the way. And, and and that's so right because, first of all, this thing, as Emilio rightly said on the, on the full time show, yep, this doesn't happen if Rico's a normal human being and catches the ball instead of palming it down like like it's on fire, and this also doesn't happen if Rico doesn't stick out his arm stupidly in the box when you have an attacker right there, like he wasn't making a move for the ball when he sticks out his hands. He's making a play to drag down Mane. Mane made an absolute mess of it. Totally embellished, that's true. But when you have stupidity like that in the box, when you have referees like we do in the Premier League that are going to favor the big teams, favor the title drama, they want a close title race, sure. These things all play a factor, I believe. Then it's stupid from Rico, and you have to know better. So I think Resta did deserve a penalty, but it's very soft. 
and it's very much Rico's fault. Okay. And listen, I agree with you on Rico's part of this. It starts with Rico, as I said, on the full-time show. But uh, I actually don't think that they deserve the penalty, and uh, I'll share a little bit more about that as we get a little bit more into this. This is where I think we should really be talking and starting the show. And uh, Giannis, I just want to ask you the same question. Did Cheetah pull? Oh, I'm sorry, I meant Liverpool deserve a penalty. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I think it was a rid- ridiculous call. And, and there's a couple of reasons why. The first thing, if you look at the challenge, does he get two hands on him or one? It was one. Number one. Number two, if that had been anywhere else on the pitch, would that have been given as a free kick or would you have given him a yellow for admonishing the dive? And I reckon you'd have given a yellow for admonishing the dive. Right. It's pathetic. It's absolutely pathetic. I, I think I think we I think we deserved a point. I thought we I like the way we were set up. Yep. I thought you know I I I, I mean and I'm gonna have a good laugh. Virgil Van Dyke, best centre back. Virgil Van Bollocks, <laughs> more like absolute fraud, right? fraud, most absolute fraud. But but you know what? You know I mean we're going down and we deservedly we deservedly going down because right. we're not good and what have you. But at least give us. I mean do us a favour. At least if if you've if he's poleaxed him, if he's, you know, if he's, you know, if he's, he's taken him out, that's one thing. But that right, was, that's the way I look at it. And that would have been, that would have been just, oh, just, so I was screaming, going, this, this, you've got to be kidding. Um, and of course, like any other manager, Klopp's gone and go, well, you know, well, this is the way, tell you what, how I feel about this. If, if I'd been, if I'd been Rico, if I'm going to give a penalty away for that, I'd punch him in the mouth. You know, or I'd, I'd just absolutely, I'd body check him because at least then you can say, well, but, but, but as a keeper, you must say, okay, you've made the mistake, you dropped the ball, and you, but you've given away a penalty by laying, laying one hand on the player for that? That wouldn't even be thought of. I, I, the ref would have got the card out if it had been anybody else. It was, a, it was a rotten call. And then once James Boring Milner decided to stick the ball in the back of the net, um, that was the end of that. It was a shame because yeah. you know his sport. I thought what was a good performance, but but the answer is abs- look. It's about as much as a penalty as Costas Deflidis needing to be our captain right now, <laughs> and that's no. So absolutely okay. bloody not. Okay, Max, I'm going to go back to you in just a second. I'm just going to read some poll results. I I actually put a poll on Twitter and also on the Facebook page. On the Facebook page. The poll question is, did Liverpool deserve a penalty? I had 235 votes. No was at 69%, and yes was at 31%, okay? Now I'm going to the Cottage Talk Twitter page, which I had 611 votes. That's a good amount of votes. No was at 68%. Yes was at 32%. So the results are very similar, Max. So the way I'm looking at it, I'm with Giannis on this. And I don't think this is sour grapes from me. I just think that, again, when I watched Mane do this, I first thought was how can they give a penalty to, to someone that dives the way that he did? Yes, you have a point. There is a hand or two hands on him. But he goes down, like, so easily, and he really embellishes it. So that's kind of where I'm going on it. And when I look at this, and if Liverpool win the title, by, say, a very low margin, say they only win by two points, I'm going to point at this match because I don't think they deserve all three points. I'm going to point to this because, to me, 
there's something wrong here. If if the title is is within say three points, I'm going to point to this because I don't think this is uh, the right result, Max. That's just my thoughts on it. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think what this really you know says to me is a larger conversation about the goalkeeping situation at Fulham, and I think it's one that has to be had because no, listen, I'm not I agree with that, but our defense has been terrible. And our yeah. midfield has been terrible, and our attack has been terrible too. But to absolve the goalkeepers this season of blame would be remiss. And I'm not doing say, that. No, I, no, of course that. not. But I, I think that's the better conversation. Because I think the penalty, it, it's tough. I mean, obviously, foam fans will say it's not. I think it marginally is. But at the end of the day, that's in the past. We can't change it. Okay. What we can okay. change is who our keeper is, right, for the final sure. six or seven matches of the season. I think there's a serious case uh, for Sergio Rico to be dropped. Now, I'm not saying that I have any sure. personal dislike for the guy. I'm not saying this out of like for Marcus Benelli because he's not in the equation either. I actually probably dislike Fabry the most out of any of the three. But <laughs> is it time, guys, to maybe give him a chance? Oh, here he goes. Marcus Benelli when no, he's healthy, Benelli, right? No, no. I'm saying is it, is it time to give Fabry a chance for the final seven oh, okay. matches of the season? We're already down. Right. Rico's made a number of very high-profile mistakes in recent matches with a caveat of making amazing saves. Yep. But the individual errors he's made, and let's go back to West Ham, right? The total sure. failure to deal with a corner – uh, Southampton, a, a very poor push out that went that went right to the Ward Prowse, and then um, it's it's really continued in, in in the next couple of matches. But he does make amazing individual individual saves at times, but he cannot deal with a cross in the box, and he makes errors, and he can't catch a ball. Is that enough for him to be dropped? Listen, it's well, very tell you interesting. What, he wouldn't Max. make a good Jesus because he keeps dropping the cross. Well, <laughs> again, again to your point and Giannis mentioning. Buffon to buffoon, and I think that's hilarious, and that was that was great by you, Giannis, to mention that. Everything that you're saying, I agree with, because it starts with him. So I'm not letting him off the hook at all, Max. I'm with you. You have to look at the player, because if he doesn't put himself in that position, again, Mane doesn't dive. If, you know, So it does, it absolutely starts with him. But I'm sorry, I cannot just let him off the hook. I'm talking about Mane and just say, you know what? It's okay. It's okay. No, it's not okay. And I think Fulham deserved a point in this match, and I'm going to continue to say it. And I'll ask you this question, Max. Let's switch it. It happens to be Mitrovic. He goes down like that, and Fulham win a match like that. I'm going to tell you, my reaction would be that Fulham got away with one, and I would then say that, what Mitrovic did was wrong. And I would come on here and say that because I don't like that type of stuff. I never liked it when Clint Dempsey did it. I'm here to tell you right now, Clint Dempsey did it a good amount of foam and I hated it every time he did it, Max. Yeah, but what's the solution here? I mean, yes, it's it's very little contact, but you can't say it was an out-and-out dive, right? There's some instances where you look at VAR and it's clear there was zero contact. Oh, Max, come on. But come I mean, on. That, is that, that was a dive. Come on. Um, but... There was contact. Does VAR say that's a clear and obvious error? I mean, that's where I think, what is the solution for incidents like this? It's a gray yeah. area. I don't even know if VAR helps in this case. I think we should definitely have it in the Premier League. Okay. Well, thing. I think it can't hurt like at this, this point. Does it help? Does it help? Okay. Well, Giannis, I'll go to you. Obviously, we have different views on this. And I, I've watched this back many times. And Max is 100% right when he – looks at Rico. Rico put himself into this position by not catching the ball. He made the error, and then he put his hands on Sadio Mane. But 
to then watch what Sadio Mane did and, and to say that that's not diving, I, I just disagree, Giannis. Your thoughts? I think it was a dive. If he's admonished it, um, it's, I mean, it, in a way, it's comical because it's symptomatic of our season. Really, it's been one train wreck after another. We've not really had a lot of rubber the green anyway. But then again, sometimes, you know, often you earn your own luck. Um, I mean, it's it sort of, I thought it was tragic because we got a little, we got a lot of luck with that, that goal, you know, um, and you, you're thinking, okay, Babel's there, right place, right time. And then we, we put them under the cosh. We've asked a lot of questions of them. And I think if it had been, we're not going to, we're not going to stay up, but if we got a point, it would be nice. Yep. A very creditable performance and a very creditable result. I right. think it's a real kick in the teeth for the players. It is. On two, on two levels. Firstly, because Rico, you know, Rico at this level, you know, can't be dropping crosses like that. No. And, I, and it's not defensive. No. And it but wasn't just that situation. There were other situations too, you yeah. know, and that's why Max is 100% right to be talking about the goalkeeper situation. And Marcus Bettinelli obviously isn't ready to come back. And, and listen, I don't blame Max for talking about even giving Fabri another shot because of what's been going on. He needs to be doing much better. And in that match, he just did not look like the player we had seen prior, I want to say maybe four four to six matches ago. He looks very unsure of himself. And that was something that was preventable. So Max is 100% right. It is his fault for putting himself in that situation. But he, talking about Sergio Rico, did not force Sadio Mane to just drop to the ground like that. So that, to me, I cannot get beyond. And like I mentioned earlier, let's just throw it out there. If Liverpool, again, in my mind, should have only gotten a point. So if they only win the title by two points, I'm going to look at this. That's why I said they have to win by, I want to say, three for me not to point to this. Because I'll never forget this. And, again, I know it's probably coming off as sour grapes, but I thought the club deserved a point. And this was such a terrible way to get a loss, guys. It really was. You know, it, it really is a microcosm of the season because they put themselves in that situation with Rico. He put the team in this situation to not get something from it that they, I thought, deserved. So that's just the way I wanted to start the show. But let's get into talking more about this match and uh, go right back to you, Mac. I want to get your thoughts about the starting 11 because I'm just going to tell you right now, when I saw the starting 11 in the 18, I actually was like, wow, I really like the starting 11. I, I've seen some people that were against this, but I really like the starting 11. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it was it was different, right? I mean, we saw Angisa back. I mean, the midfield three, right, of Angisa, Sarah, Kearney. Yeah, I like that. That's, that, that's new, you know? And I mean – no McDonald, and we, I think we've been really waiting all season, perhaps, to see those, those three players kind of work in tandem. So that kind of jumped out to me as well. And obviously, you're starting Aite instead of Sessignon. And, you know, I, I got some sick uh, a couple days ago for saying, after Ranieri was sacked, you know, Ranieri really hurt the confidence of Sessignon. Yep. And now that Parker, has, he's, he's bolstered his confidence in his public comments, sure. But in terms of the on, on-field performances, you know, Parker took him off at halftime, against Leicester, and he mentioned against Liverpool. Is that fair? I don't know. But I thought, you know, Aite deserved to start actually after the Leicester match. Okay. But I don't think anyone really thought we'd have a, a front three um, in in whatever, March of Aite, Mitch Rich, and Ryan Bobble. 
I mean, that, that's okay. just one of the one of the craziest uh, combinations of players. Well, let me ask but, you, what did you yeah. think about putting Calum Chambers back at yeah. center back? Yeah, that was probably one of the biggest things as well. And we didn't really miss him in center midfield, which was the big concern, right? The reason right. Chambers hadn't dropped back for so long is because he'd been excellent in the center of the park. But now, um, finally, the door has been dropped. You know, first yep. time when he hasn't spent it all season when he didn't play. And, and that was a big difference. I thought defense, And we're also forgetting one other move. And false Mensa back, right? False Mensa. <laughs> so, yeah, I, it really was a wild card, a um, lot of yeah. sorts, because so many moving parts as, as we've gone through. Uh, but I did like the way Zambo, Kearney, and Seri worked in the midfield. And yep. Chambers, for all his struggles uh, at the back, back in the fall, right? He yep. looked a much more confident player, I'd say, probably because of the form he's had. And, yeah, I think maybe that's this is the way to go for them in the final okay. like, six, seven match of the season. Okay, very good. Giannis, your thoughts. You know, and again, like Max is talking, with a lot of moving parts here. That's what made this interesting. I, I thought it was a gamble, but I like the aggressiveness of changing things up from Scott Parker. Even the move, you know, and again, I think it's controversial to bring back Timothy Fosu-Mensa, but he did. That was a gamble. Moving Callum Chambers back to center back, gamble. Playing Kearney and Gisa and Seri together, gamble. And I, I'm sorry to say this, playing Florida obviously you probably feel that's a gamble, but he went with it. And uh, I like the aggressive nature of that starting 11. What, what were you thinking when you saw it? Well, the issue, the issue I've got from my end is that Scott Parker is auditioning for the manager's role. So of course, he's got yeah. to put out what he believes is the best 11. And I don't blame him one little bit. I'm a, I'm a lot more critical than that. Um, for the following reasons. I wouldn't okay. have had Fosu men to play another minute this season. Okay. Simply because I don't, we, we, let's not have short memories in terms of what happened at the transfer deadline. Right. You've got players like Chambers, who I really do like, but Chambers will not be in a Fulham jersey next year. We know that. So, that, so that, that's, out of the, that's out of the way. Uh, Babel will not be in a Fulham jersey next year, so that's out of the way. Okay. So I, I think we've got to the point in the season, honestly, with seven, eight games to go, my thing would be, um, instead of having this sort of lineup out, I would hope. I, I'd tell you what would be really good is if Mr. Mr. If the Cans yep. listen to this show and turn around to Scott Parker and said, "You know what? We're going to give you a go at this next year. We're going to give you a go at this next year, and you really your audition doesn't start now. Your your real audition is going to start at the start of next year because we're done and doomed. Because if he did that, then guess what? Then you might have players." Um, you might have players like Stephen Sessignon. I was just about O'Reilly to say you coming in. Um, okay. The youngsters coming in. Okay. As a, and so, for example, for Dennis Adoy, who's played every game this year, I thought it was really tough to bench him. And okay. And, and it's not like he's not made more mistakes than most. He has. Right. But the fact is, if you give him that, if you give Scott Parker that leeway, then he can say, okay, screw it. We're going to lose our last seven games anyway. Let me bring the kids in. Okay. And let's give them an audition. We know some of these players aren't going to be here next year, so why are we even bothering with them? And let's give some audition time to kids, you know, in the under-23s. I agree with this. Because the fans wouldn't disagree. Fans won't go, oh, yep. that's not fair. Because we know we're down. So what's the point right. of playing players who aren't going to be here next year anyway? And we know the Fosu Mensa and Chambers, you know, et al. That's a fair point, Giannis. And, and, and Rico as well. So yep. then let's, let's, let's bring the kids in now. And let's okay. give them a bit of playing time, um, as opposed to the lineup looked good. But I yeah. think this is where the Cans maybe should look in and go. You know what, Scott? We've seen enough to say you'll be here next year. Um, don't think about the results now. 
Don't think about the point. It's not going to matter. Just do what you think is best and give, give some kids a chance. Well, That's what I'd have done. Okay, well, on this point, and I like your point, Giannis, this is just my opinion on this. I wouldn't have done it against Liverpool. In fact, I don't think I w- would do it against Man City. After that, I completely agree with you. I don't think you want to throw players. I don't know, I'll give an example. Steven Sessignon, Matt O'Reilly, some of these youngsters that have a lot of promise against a team like Man City and then obviously the last match against Liverpool. If you're looking beyond that, absolutely, because I think then you need to be starting to build for the future and get these kids in now. I completely agree with you on that. I just don't know if I would have done this against Liverpool. Well, the only thing being, I mean, if you're not going to, if you're not going to give them an audition against the best teams, why bother? I mean, you know, you know, with Liverpool okay. and City, you're going to get the you're going to get the cream of the crop. It's not like we're playing Cardiff, right? So, might as well let's see what these kids are making. Okay. The under twenty three has obviously done well, yeah. And um, let's give you know, I, I look at this and I, you know, I look at the let's look at the bench for a second, guys. You yep. know, Kevin McDonald came for some stick in terms of what he had to say in the match day program, but Kevin's yep. going to be here next next year. Okay, we we know that. Um, so sticking back and sticking back in the lineup. I mean, he was obviously pissed off with what had happened under Ranieri, and he is a club guy, and he wants to be here. Okay. And um, you know, I, I just I wouldn't I, I don't think it's worth wasting resources on players who won't who be, aren't gonna be with next us. year. Okay, that's actually a good point. So it's not just playing youngsters. You want players that are part of the future next season in yeah, the championship. Not be, I mean, we're, we're down. It's okay. Just playing Bosu, and maybe I'm just looking at this Chambers, and I, I'm a big fan of Callum Chambers. Yeah. Why, why play him if he's not going to be? He's not going to be here next year. He knows he's going back to Arsenal. Fosu Mendes is going back to wherever. They're not going to be here, so why? It's just a waste of a shirt when you could give somebody some experience that can set them up for next season. Because we're looking long, we're looking yep. ahead. We're not looking behind us. I totally agree. That's actually a, a interesting way to look at. It. And again, I'm just looking at the last. Opponent being Liverpool and Man City, I, I understand what you're saying. You would throw them up against that. Why not? Max, I want to go to you. I want to get your thoughts of what Giannis just shared because it, it's an interesting way to look at it. Fulmar going down. I just looked at the opponents being Man City and then Liverpool, who we just played. Maybe I wouldn't have, say, played players like um, Matt O'Reilly and Steven Sessegnon, but I think Giannis has a good point to bring this up and players that are part of Fulham's future instead of players that aren't going to be around and just accept the fact that we are getting relegated. So let's plan for the future now. Play the players that are going to be part of Fulham's future. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I like the sentiment uh, behind it. And, and certainly, but I agree with you, Ross. You don't want to put in people like Matt O'Reilly, Steven Sessegnon, um, when, they, when they get crushed 6-0 by City of Liverpool. There's a difference between experience and then being made a fool of and being embarrassed. And, and that's just not good for any young player because of confidence and, and it's no fun. I like to get them experience, maybe do it against teams that we're not going to get thrashed by, right? Yep. And then in addition, I think we need to make a bit of a distinction between the players who aren't going to be here next season. Because I, I agree, you know, everyone knows Chambers isn't going to be here and Foster Mensa isn't going to be here and Bobble is not going to be here, whatever. But there's a difference between someone like Foster Mensa who's been largely terrible all season. And when given a chance to leave a, a situation where he knew he wasn't going to play, he right. turned it down and really hurt the club. That's a player who I'd say is a detriment to the team and is not going to be here. Whereas if a player like Chambers, we can all, we all can agree he's given us all, he's been superb, probably one of the players of the season, if not the player of the season for me, 
And yes, he's not going to be here next season, but he's contributed to the cause. He's, he's shown good effort, and he's been a really big addition to the team. I think it would be foolish to, to put him on the bench to punish him for not being here next season when he really is a benefit to the team, a good team player, builds morale. And although he's not going to be here, you know, when they're in the championship, it would be very harsh on him, and I think harsh on the team as a whole, to just throw him to the side just because he's alone. So for players like Fosso Mensa and probably, yep. you know, Markovic, you know, he's not even getting a look in, but no, people like no. Vieto, and um, I'm okay with those type of players not playing. But people okay. have shown a willingness to contribute, fight for the cause, like Chambers. Yeah. You know I mean, still keep them in the lineup. Okay. Very good. Very interesting discussion. Thank you, Giannis, for bringing that up. It's a, it's a good way to look at it moving forward because I, I think acceptance, we all have to just accept it. And the cons, I think, need to as well. Need to plan for the future. There's really very little chance that they're going to be able to salvage this. They would have to do something that would be monumental, and I just don't see it. I don't see it with this team. All right, guys, let's break down this match, and let's talk about the first half. And let's be honest here, Liverpool were definitely the much better team in the first half. But Fulham actually had an opportunity early on, ninth-minute shot by Jean-Michael Serry. And then uh, I'll go to you, Giannis. Let's talk about the goal that gave Liverpool the lead in the 26th minute by Sadio Mane, hashtag cheater. He scores. So let's talk <laughs> about the goal. Yeah, it was, it was a nice setup. I mean, Liverpool, Liverpool are where they are because they're, they're a quality side. I mean, I know for them, you know, one could say, well, how many players could you buy for selling Coutinho? A lot is the answer. And yeah. they've done well with their money. It was, it was a nice move. It's, it, I thought defensively our shape was very good. And, and I think Scott Parker will look at the first goal and say, well, you know, it's a nice little, you know, it's, it's the old one-two Mane Firmino. But at the same time, maybe, you know, close space down a little bit quicker. He'll be disappointed with that goal because he's going to be looking at baby steps. You know, yeah. he could say, well, we considered two goals and one from open play. Is that the sort of goal you want to concede? You know, especially when you've defended like you've done. And the answer is no. So he'll be disappointed with that. But it was a nice goal. And, you know, I would say pound for pound, they had their strongest lineup out on Sunday. Yeah. So, you know, they threw the very and that credit there to um to Klopp because you know respect is earned and not given, and he's shown respect to us as a team. But you oh, know, he did bringing you know the the team down and they were super side. And but it was disappointing because I thought first twenty twenty five minutes we held them and then they, and then they score that and you're thinking oh here we go um, we yep. should be staring at about down the barrel. But it was a well set up goal for sure. Okay, and again, what what's interesting about this is that after the goal, I'm just thinking. Let's get to the half, and let's see what we can do in the second half. And uh, shortly after that, about 11 minutes later, you actually have the shot by Tom Kearney that goes over in the uh, 37th minute. A couple minutes later, you have a yellow by Fabinho. And I want to mention this. Max, I'm going to go to you. Because the other moment in this first half that stands out to me was a challenge by Fabinho. And I'm just asking the question. Do you think possibly Fabinho should have gotten a second yellow? Yeah, I mean, both challenges I think are deserving of a yellow card. But, you know, again, again with situations with the referee, and it's Liverpool, I think their questions have to be asked. And, you know, the big teams, no one's going to dispute this, do get the big calls. So yes. I'm not, I'm, I can't say I'm surprised. Okay. Okay, very good. Giannis, your thoughts on this? Because I've watched this a few times, and I've seen different opinions on the uh, second situation with Fabinho. Do you think that one should have been a second yellow? Yeah, I do, and I and I think 
not only that, but it just bores me to tears that, you know, we always hear about, you know, playing the, the big club and they get the big club calls. I, I don't care about the big club calls, whether we were, a, whether we're a city or we're not. Just make the right bloody call. Right, make exactly. The call. Make it the, the damn, make the damn call. If you've got VAR there, or whatever. So, so you, so what do people, what problem do people have with retroactive calls? I mean, you have it, you have it with NBA, you have it with NFL, right. uh, baseball, hockey. You make the right call. Nobody's going to argue if you make the right call. That so soon after the yellow, there is a second yellow. Very, very lucky. If that had been Mitrovic, you'd have been off. And that's what pisses me off because that, that's that's the thing about the consistency. Right. Call I it the same it way for both times. teams, Giannis. Yeah. You never mind a bad ref, providing he or she is consistent. Exactly. And to me, that's a second yellow. But again, okay. here we go again. It's another. It's another example. Da da da. One rule for one. One rule for another. Yeah. You know. Usual. Well, that's why you know. Again, that's why I wanted to mention it because during the broadcast, they pointed to both situations: the first one and then the second one, and they were asking the question: Should have Fabinho gotten a second yellow? It's just an interesting thing, just to see if what you guys thought about that. And Giannis, before we talk about the second half, Fulham get through the first half. It's only one nil. Okay. What's going through your mind going into the second half? Did you think that you could see a turnaround somewhere to the, say, Chelsea match where you would see a different team in the second half? What were you thinking at the end of the first half? And then I'll go to Max. Well, if I'd been Scott Parker, I'd have been very – I'd been disappointed about the manner of the goal, but I would have been happy because we're showing, you know, whether it was that lot down the road or um, um, Everton B. Yep. Um, but we're competing. We're, okay. we're competing. We're, we're, we're going out and we're working hard. But the stuff we're doing on the training field is, is coming to fruition. We're, keep, we're tightening things up. The communication is better on the field. Our, our attacking the defensive transition is much better on the field. So you're looking at our time going, well, we're still in this game. We're still competing. We're still doing the things that are going to uh, improve us as a, a squad. And, it's gonna, and, and more importantly, most importantly at all, of all, is you're, you're developing and you're creating good habits in yep. terms of the start of next season when we need to hit the ground running. Because what you're doing is you're creating the philosophy of right. expectation from the head coach. And I think that Scott Parker, is, you can see where he's developing that philosophy slowly but surely. Identity. What he wants. So. Right. Yes, it's philosophy, identity. And that needs to be built up again. They had that under Savisa. I'm sorry, they did not have that under Ranieri. And they need to build that up. And that's actually a good point. Max, same question to you. What were you thinking at the end of the first half? I mean, we were still in it. And it's been kind of weird. When we play big teams at home, we, we, we stuck with them. I mean, everyone knows we've lost uh, Liverpool, Chelsea, Tottenham, all by a score of 2-1. to one, And all three matches have been tight. So I, I think we've shown that when the big boys come to the cottage, it's not going to be as easy as they might have expected it to be, you know, with the exception maybe of United. But I thought, you know, we can still do this. And I think the changes we made in the second half and the chances we had showed we were very much still in it. Okay, excellent. All right, guys, let's move on to the second half. And first thing we're going to talk about is actually a good save by Sergio Rico on Van Dyke. You know, and again, this is a, a nice save by Rico. I definitely want to give him credit. Giannis, I'm now going to go to you because it's, it's going to involve one of your favorite players. I think you know who I'm going to be talking about. In the uh, 64th minute, you have a shot by Ngisa. 
it's deflected. And someone heads it in, but he's offside. It's Florida This is definitely offside. There's no question about this. Thoughts about when you were watching it, you know, and, and did you think automatically he was offside? Because, again, it, it happened so fast. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, it was as biased as biased a bullet that I am. Yeah, I knew it was offside. <laughs> oh, but, he's, uh, yeah, he was definitely I, offside. But, but interestingly, interestingly, it's always good to have the, the other set of eyes. And I was watching the game with my wife, and, and the first thing she said, she yelled at the yep. screen and said, why didn't, why didn't Aite read the situation quicker? To, Interesting. To, to me, it was a situation where he's got to know where where he is, and I, and it drives me bonkers. It's awareness. It's an awareness thing, and he's a professional, and it, and I, I'm just thinking, and he, and she was right because that's that it's it's a shame. Um, and I know Angus got a lot of, you know, he got he got the man of the match plaudits, and and I've got my own little spin on that one. Okay. But, um, I think that um, you know awareness could have uh, you know taken him on side, but then yeah, it's sort of again we cre- we create chances, a few chances we have offsides. Um, would have been lovely had we had we got the equaliser there, but um, you know um, it just goes to show though against in open play against top teams we can create if we do the right things, and we value and particularly value the possession. And I think we, I think it's fair to say that we we deviated away from that. And 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 Kevin K Mac talked about this in the program notes that yep. you know that the identity had gone, and you know there was a confusion about how the players, what the players were to do on the field. Which we assume that they know what to do in the field, but every every manager has a different spin. And Parker's clearly said, look, we're going to play it the right way, the form way, and yep. he, and he can do, and we can, you know, we can do, we can judge him on that because he was a player here and a club captain yep. here and he's respected and he wants us to play the right way and I, and I think yep. it's uh, I think it's a positive and it was one of those chances that came from that and unfortunately it was upside but it just goes to show what we could create when we get it Okay, right. very good I, I'm glad that you said it that way Giannis alright Max over to you I want to talk about something that the announcers talked about a great deal it was Ryan Sessignon coming on for Sarri it really had to do with the reshuffling of what happened after that. And Fulham seemed to be more dangerous after this substitution. I think it actually was a turning point. What, what are your thoughts about the substitution of Sassignon coming on for Seri and what happened after that? I think it is a good turning point because we started to have changes in the break. We started to play. I think the game got stretched. I think Scott Parker deserves credit for the substitution, by the way. Yeah, it was a good sub. Um, and that's when we started to have those really big chances when we kind of broke at Liverpool. We um, caused them a lot of problems, you know, right. when they're in transition. And we kind of showed that their defense is not as you know airtight as it seems. I mean, they have an amazing defensive record all season. But, you know, when we forced that mistake from Van Dyke and when we put Liverpool under pressure, yep. we created a number of good opportunities. And yeah. I want to make this point because, yes, the goal we scored was a total fluke. Total mistake by Van Dyke and Allison. Right. But it wasn't necessarily against a run of play, right? We had been right. building up pressure for the right. preceding 20 to good point. 25 minutes. So Yes. Yeah. Okay, very good. I'm glad that you said that, Max. And Giannis, I'm, I'm going to go back to you in just a second because I'm glad that our co-host, Mr. Cohen, mentioned this because Fulham, at this point, were really starting to try to get a foothold in, in this match. And then a little bit later on in the 68th minute, you actually have 
a shot by Ngisa that saved. But the, again, you could see the potential that Fulham were building here. And Giannis, I have to go to you. Uh, let's talk about the goal from Ryan Babel. Obviously, it's a huge mistake from Van Dyke. Everyone thinks that he's the best defender. I actually said that on another show, the best defender in the Premier League. Well, he makes a mistake here. And also, uh, James Milner makes a huge mistake. Ryan Babel scores. But I want to ask you this because I've seen some tweets about this on social media. What are your thoughts about Ryan Babel scoring and not celebrating? Uh, I'm not it's a divided opinion. Um, I, a lot of fans don't like it. Uh, I, I, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm okay with not celebrating because I think it shows respect to the club that you play for, and he's obviously got fond memories for. It doesn't mean he's going to play any less. I remember, I remember a goal that uh, Berbatov scored when we won against Tottenham. I remember it, and, and, a, and a brilliant breakaway goal. And same sort of thing. You see a lot of teams doing that, and um, and, and I'm okay with that. Um, I thought, I thought actually more. I think if if fans have to get any reason to get upset, they should look at the the the. the, the film the footage of directly behind the net we mm. saw a bunch of um, fans yeah. not celebrating because we now know they were Liverpool fans yeah, and, that's and a great don't point. even get me starting on that because yeah. what a colossal load of nonsense is that I'm hearing about fans that got tickets from Norwich City supporters and I'm glad that that server the FSF has come out with the ticketing because yeah. to me the Fulham fans have been really badly treated in terms of ticket allocation, in terms of how they're distributed. I, listen, I totally agree with you, Giannis. Keep going. I, I agree with this point. Yeah, it's just terrible. Just you don't, don't screw over that. Yeah, it, yeah, it's all well and good making your money now, but when you've got 15,000, you know, I mean, we had really good attendances at the championship, but they're your real fans, not your, your, not your, your little plastic fans that come in or the, the ones that come down from, you know, from Liverpool, you know, that get one, you know, go and see Liverpool once every five years. I mean, it's, I, I, I looked at that and really, um, and I understand there was, a, there, was some, there was some, there was some issues in the crowd about, you know, Liverpool fans with their scarves and, yeah. I mean, if, if I'm in a Fulham thingy and I say Liverpool fans are there, I'm going, get the heck out of here. You're not in the wrong, you, there's your end. And yeah. I know it's not, not to start a fight or anything, but it's, it's right. like, it's disrespectful. It's disrespectful. And the club have to sort it out because, a lot of fans have been upset about it, and it's a maybe good reason. It's a great point. Max, I want to go to you. I want to get your thoughts on all this because I've seen a lot of chatter, like I said, on social media when it comes to Ryan Babel, but it goes deeper than that. And I'm glad that Giannis talked about the Liverpool supporters that were amongst the Fulham supporters. Your thoughts on all of this? Yeah, just first with Babel. I couldn't care less how he celebrates as long as he scores. So okay. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. If I'm him, sure. or if I'm a professional footballer, which won't happen, but I would love to celebrate against my former club. I, that would be a great <laughs> feeling. I don't know about you guys, but I feel I wouldn't want to do the little, like, oh, just tone it down. I respect it. No, no. that would be something I really relish. Um, but that's neither here nor there. But, you know, I respect his decision not to celebrate. He had good years at Liverpool. Um, with regards to the fans in, in the home end, I mean, that's a disgrace. That's, there's no excuse for it. And it's... It's sickening because English football, I think the beauty of it is you have the home fans, you have the away fans. It's nothing better than the away experience. And that's probably my favorite full moments have come from being in the away end, traveling the country, going to away matches. That's the 
that to me is the purest form of football. And to have supporters ruin that, if you're a Liverpool supporter and you can't get an away ticket in the Putney end, don't right. go to the match. Don't go. See, I actually yeah, don't do it. You. I know it's different yeah. here, obviously, in America, but in English and, football. And it makes the match so much worse, right? I mean, anyone who's right. been to American sporting event has said, it's, I mean, it really sucks because you don't have an atmosphere. And the reason you don't have an atmosphere is because the fans are intermingling. That, like, it's that's unthinkable right. to happen in England. And when it does happen, like it did at Craven Cottage on Sunday, yeah. um, no, there's no excuse for it. It's disgraceful. Totally agree. I, I agree with both of you. I'm glad that we're talking about it. You know, it's funny because I'm thinking about my experience here, and it's completely different. When I go to a, an NFL game and, and there are – fans from other teams because that's how we do it here. But English football is a completely different situation and it's special. And and I'm glad that you guys are talking about the situation with uh, Liverpool supporters amongst Fulham supporters where, again, they have their own section. And it, it, it's a great point to talk about, guys. All right. We've already talked about, obviously, the uh, penalty and, and uh, James Milner scores and that is the match winner for Liverpool, and just want to mention a little bit after that, that there was a save by Rico on, on a solid shot. But the match ends 2-1. to one. So this is how I want to end it, and then we're going to finish up and wrap up the show with a couple of topics. Max, I'm just going to ask you. We know what the result is. We've talked about the major controversial moment. Just your pure gut. Did Fulham deserve something from this match? Just your opinion. Regardless of what the result was, we deserve the point. Uh, it, it's kind of remarkable that you know, we play whatever with the team at the top of the table or up there, second or first. They're chasing for the title. I think yep. they might actually win it this year. Yep. And we, if it wasn't for a very fortuitous penalty that was very soft and was caused by a major error from our keeper, yep. we would have gotten a point at this match. That's right. And that's coming from, I'd say, the worst team in the league. I know how to sort of below us, but I'd say we are the worst team. So. Yep. And just purely that. based on that, it's we've done well, and yes, we deserve we did deserve a point from this. Okay, uh, no matter how the season will finish, we've played okay. well against the top sides at times. Okay, excellent. Giannis, I'll ask you the same question. The results two to one. We know what what the result is in your heart. Did Fulham deserve a point? I'm going to say yes. Max says yes. How about you? I think on, I think on the balance of play, yeah, we we deserved a point. I mean, we were second best in the first half, but I thought we played much better in the second. We you know, it was a bit of a fortuitous equaliser we got, but yeah, I, I don't think. Um, I think few objective fans would have begrudged us a point um, on the basis of the second half alone. I thought we were good value for money, and the pleasing thing for me is I can see how the t- the team, you know, how the philosophy is beginning to 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 be developed, and I think it's okay. something that cannot be lost here. Is you know you talk you know we talk about players that could leave the coup like Kearney and Mitrovic and, and Sessegnon. Yep. But one of the things I don't think that should be lost is that um, that Parker's creating a culture that maybe these players do want to be part of. You know, that's awesome. um, um, because and, and I think that's that's very very important because it's great to want to chase trophies and what have you, but you have to enjoy where you play and you've got to like the culture of the club well, and the coaches that you play for and the teammates and the fans and what have you. And I think what Parker's done so far is created yep. a culture that where. Um, you know, where he's lifted the spirits and I think made it fun for players to play again. And I don't think that can be underestimated in terms of what might happen at the end of the season. That's actually very interesting, Giannis. And I want to actually throw this back to you because Fulham have a lot of decisions to make at the end of the season with 
big name players, Tom Kearney, Jean Michael Sari, and obviously Ryan Sessignon. But when we talk about Mitrovic, and I don't know Alexander Mitrovic, but let's just say Mitro wants to stay and he wants to be part of bringing Fulham back to the Premier League. You're the cons. I'm, I'm just giving you a scenario. What if Mitro wants to stay? What do you do? You keep him. You you keep him. I mean, the, the umbrella payments will be good. We've got some good young players. We do have some experienced championship players. We've got players. Let's not forget we've got players like Stefan Johansson coming back. Yep. Uh, Bubu Kamara could be coming back. You've also got... Um, um, Oh my God, uh, Rui Font. Let's not forget yeah. that either. Rui We've Font. got some decent players that can come back. Bettinelli's going to come back from the injury 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 list. Yep. And um, you know, you've got we we had a, a magnificent run last year, and and we got we got to the final, we made it through, and this year's been absolutely disastrous. But I think Parker, the Parker's job has really been not just to audition for his own job, but to create a, a, um, a club of good faith. Um, it's very interesting people that, you, can talk about that you're bringing again. this up. And uh, yeah, and I think that, uh, so. Um, I think the Khans may owe it to the club that if if um, Mitro turns and goes, you know what? Um, I'm part of the reason I got us in this mess because I didn't yeah. score enough goals. My form's not been great. He's still going to get paid, whatever. He's a young fella. He's going to get he gets a decent paycheck and he's going to get a bigger paycheck because he's still young. Yeah. Um, if he wants to be part of that. Then I think it's magnificent, and I and I would not discount that. Um, I think that um, I think if you're looking right now, I think, I think he's taken to the club, Giannis. Yeah, and I don't. I mean, I, to me, I, I'd be shocked if any Premier League team came in for Kearney. I don't know where okay. he thinks he's going to go, but on okay. the basis of what he's done this year, I I, right. I, I mean, who's going to take him? And okay. and Sessegnon, well, Sessegnon's got youth on his side, right? And I think um, the ability to start at the championship level and you know, he's been playing under 21 for, for England. Uh, yep. I think it'll be great. And he's got a chance as well for a bit of mentorship as well with his yeah. Stephen coming on as well. Right. I think that would be something I'm sure that we'd find a lot of fun. So there are some really big positives here. Yeah. He's going to need planning. But I think at the very start, Scott Parker's creating that culture um, which, to make it fun for us with every, all the stakeholders in the club. And I think, um, you know, with some big problems to sort out, the ticketing we talked about, obviously, yep. and Khan's review. I mean, the Khan's are going to have to review the season. You know, yep. they can talk about three managers, but spending was a problem, obviously. Yeah. Listen, they have a lot to think about. But I, I like that you are mentioning this because if they are building a culture, Max, I'll just ask you quickly because I, I know you have to go. We're, we're definitely going to be wrapping up this show. I'm just throwing it out there. I know nothing. I'm just, I'm just giving you just a scenario. Just. I'm throwing it out there. What if Alexander Mitrovic says, you know what, I, I, I want to stay. I want to be part of this. What what would you do? I mean, it would be a miracle because he is a massive reason why we're in the Premier League in the first place. Yes, he Without is. his goals, we would really struggle. So to replace him next season, I mean, there's no way he's going he's gonna to stay with us okay. in the championship. There's no way. Let's just let's okay. put that to bed. I, I don't care how much he cares about Fulham. He's a Premier League player, and he'll play in the Premier League. And a okay. team will buy him. That being said, who, that's a really big hole to fill. I mean, yep. who are other center forward options, right? Right. going to come back from loan from Lille? <laughs> I mean, you put Kamara centrally. We don't have strikers. We sold Humphreys, right? I mean, 
it's yep. scary. Elijah Adebayo, a youngster who's been on loan to League Two clubs, it's a really big position. Where Holy Woodrow. Hollywood Joe. Hollywood Joe. Oh, I mean, he's okay. lighting up League One with Barnsley. He'll probably yeah. score against us next next season. I'll put money on that. <laughs> um, it's it's tough for us. So yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah. it would be a miracle if Mitrovic stays and and he'd do really well for us. I know that. I'm just that I'm league. just throwing it out there. Yeah. I'm, I'm just but mentioning yeah. what if you know what if yeah. he said to the cons, you know what, I want to be part of this. I'm, you know, it's unlikely. I'm just yeah. talking about with with Giannis talking about the culture change. Who knows what's going to happen? I just think they have a lot of big decisions to make. I expect a Premier League team to come in from him, and I expect them to sell Alexander Mitrovic. I'm just throwing out, what if he throws up his hands and say, you know what, I kind of want to, want to stick around here. I, I, I want to help you get back up. I don't know. I'm just, again, I know nothing. This is just me throwing it out there, just given this this scenario. This is not speculation or anything. This is just me just having a conversation. What if he said, I want to stay with Fulham. That's all. All right, guys. I know we're short of time. Real quick, Max, to you, man of the match. I'd say Joe Bryant, actually. I thought he was excellent. Okay. Uh, he had Salah in his pocket. He did well in his battles with Alexander-Arnold when he got forward. Yeah, I thought Bryant has really been a player for me under Scott Parker who's blossomed, and that's a really big positive. Okay. Giannis, over to you, man of the match. Uh, I'm going to give it to Anguissa. Um, I thought Angus had an excellent game, although I'm not going to jump up and down like a headless chicken simply because it's it's been, you know, it's the first sign of, you know, we've had so much inconsistency this year. I, I agree with Max. I thought Brian had a very good game as well, and he's really started to come into his own. So let's see what the next, we've got two weeks till our next game. Let's, let's, let's see who, who can come to the forefront then. Okay, excellent. I'm going to say, and geese as well. All right, guys, fantastic show. You know, again, it's a disappointment. We've waited a few days. Glad we were able to talk about this match. But we do have to wrap this up. For my co-host, Janos Janais and Max Cohen, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for listening to Cottage Talk. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.